Hello and welcome to Changing Birth. I'm your host, Hannah Wilsmore. I'm a midwife, award-winning childbirth educator and life coach, and I'm here to make birth better. I've worked with hundreds of families as they prepare for the arrival of their baby, so I know all about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. In this podcast, I share my knowledge, practical tips and insights so that you too can have a positive birth and transition to motherhood. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I hope you're all having a lovely week. I have just finished up teaching one of my group hypnobirthing courses, actually, and I'm about to start teaching two new courses next week. And something that I speak about a lot in my courses is around movement in labor and active birth positions. So that's something that we're going to talk about today on the podcast, because I think it's just such an important topic and it can make such a big difference to how you feel in labor and how you're working with that intensity. And we know that there can actually be lots of benefits that are shown in the research as well. So that's something that I am going to take you through today. So if you think about birthing your baby and cast yourself forward in time, think about what kind of position you could be in. And what this is for most people is seeing themselves laying on their back on the bed. And I think the reason for this is because that's often what we do see in TV shows and movies and in the media. I find it uh, really rare that we see someone laboring in an active birth position. So for most people, even if they maybe know that there's other options, that's all that they've seen. So it's more likely that they will then get into that position for their birth. And I used to see this all the time. The hospital where I used to work, I had quite a lot of birthing rooms. And so when someone would present in labor, we would say to them, okay, you know, we'll head down to room three. That's the room that you're going to be in. Um, and I'll meet you down there. And I would say eight times out of 10, I would get down to the room and the mum would be laying on the bed. And this is just what I mean, like, because it's all that we see on TV and movies, most people do just think, okay, that's how everybody does it. And that's the position that they're in. And that's the most effective position. Whereas I would say it's actually almost the opposite. And I always explain to my clients that laying flat on the bed is actually probably the trickiest position to birth in. It's probably the least effective. It's probably going to increase that intensity and that pain. uh, And it may even slow down labor and increase the likelihood of some other interventions. So really important to know what your different options are and what some of those benefits are and to actually practice those different positions and try some of them out during pregnancy so that you're more comfortable using them then during your birth. So when I use that term active birth positions, I essentially mean any position that isn't laying flat on your back on the bed. So ideally we would have upright positions like standing, squatting, sitting on a fitball or sitting on a birth stool or some kind of chair. We could also be in an all fours position or a hands and knees position, perhaps on the bed or on a yoga mat on the ground or maybe even in the bath. So there's lots of different options for active birth positions. And we can also be in kneeling or squatting positions as well. Those of you that have worked with me before or who have done my online course will know all about this because you have the little cheat sheet with the images of different birth positions that you can refer back to. But for those of you who maybe haven't worked with me one-on-one or done one of my classes, then that's just some of the positions that we can try out. So then the next thing to discuss is why are those positions beneficial? What do we know in the research? 
So we definitely see some benefits to being in a more upright position and supporting our body and supporting our physiology. So we do know that upright positioning helps the uterus to contract more strongly and more efficiently. And that's really, really important. It may also help get baby into a better position to pass through the pelvis. So we've got to remember that baby has to work their way through the pelvis. They need to move into the inlet or the top of the pelvis, the mid pelvis, and then the outlet. And those different parts of the pelvis can kind of form different shapes that baby then needs to navigate. And so we know that being in an upright position can also help that. And what we also know is that being in an upright position can create about 20% more space in our pelvis compared to laying flat on our back on the bed. And 20% may not sound like a huge number, but when we're talking about baby navigating their way through the pelvis and even just millimeters making a big difference, 20% is actually huge in my eyes. We also have some research looking at MRI images of women in different birthing positions, which is pretty cool. Um, And we know that compared to in the laying on our back position, the dimensions of the pelvic outlet become wider when a woman is in the squatting or kneeling or hands and knees position. The last thing as well is that we've looked at research around women's satisfaction with their birth and how they felt um, and how comfortable they were. So some studies have looked at uh, increased maternal satisfaction and more positive birth experiences when women could be in a more upright birthing position. There was also a Cochrane review done in 2017. This looked at a number of different studies, so 32 randomized controlled trials uh, and include more than 9,000 birthing women in hospital settings, so quite a big number. And they found in this research that in comparison with non-upright positions, birthing people who were in an upright position for the second stage of labor, so traditionally what we call the pushing stage of labor, were 25% less likely to have a forceps or vacuum-assisted birth, 25% less likely to have an episiotomy. And what's also interesting in that was 50% less likely to have abnormal fetal heart rate patterns. And that's important as well to note. When we're in that reclined position, the weight of the uterus can put pressure on some of the big blood vessels that move the blood and return the blood throughout our body. So um, being in an upright position maximizes that blood flow through the pelvis um, and through our body as well. And the reason I wanted to mention that Cochrane review is because often what I find with women is that Um, Maybe their care provider is quite supportive of them being upright and active throughout labor and moving around and through the first stage of labor. But then when it comes to the pushing stage of labor or the second stage of labor, sometimes they're then encouraged to be on the bed in that semi-recumbent position. Or sometimes uh, care providers will really insist that women are in that position and will say that they have to be laying on the bed. There's no other option. This actually drives me crazy because we have so much research that being in that upright position is still really beneficial for the pushing stage as well. Um, it's not just for the first stage of labor. It's also for the pushing stage. And it makes sense because that's when babies emerging and they're really moving um, through that pelvic outlet. So it just makes so much sense to keep supporting that process through as well. So yeah, loads of research that you can find online. I'll also pop some links in the show notes as well, if you want to check out some of those studies that I was just mentioning then. So lots of research. Now let's move into more looking at the practicalities of active birth positions. I mentioned before about how most people still do give birth 
on their back laying in the bed. And you might be wondering why this is if we've got all of these benefits um, and we know that women are often more comfortable being in an upright position and they feel like they can manage their labor better. Why then do so many women end up in the bed? And I think there's lots of factors that influence that. One, like I said, is just the exposure that we have in mainstream media. That's often what we see. And so that's what we expect and what we think everybody does. So we may not think to be in a different position. We might not think to be on the football or in the shower or something like that. And something that I often get told at the end of my hypnobirthing courses is people will say something like, I didn't realize that I could actually give birth in an upright position. I thought that I could just move around in labor and use the shower in labor and the bath and things like that. But I didn't know that I could actually give birth in that position if I want to. So that's really, really important to know and just to change that perspective and to know that we can try different things that work for us. The other thing I think that has impacted this is the use of what we call CTG monitoring, or it's also often referred to as continuous electronic fetal monitoring. So if you don't know what this is, it's usually two elastic bands that are around your belly and there's two discs or monitors, usually one's placed higher up on the belly and that's the one that picks up the contraction pattern and can essentially somewhat tell when your body's having a contraction and when it's not. It's not perfect. Um, and we know that as midwives, they're not perfect, but that's what that part of the CTG is designed to do. And then the other sensor is designed to pick up baby's heart rate. So similar to when your midwife or obstetrician listens with a Doppler during appointments, listens to baby's heart rate, we are using that similar kind of technology, but it's continuous in labor. And those two aspects are combined and they um, are printed out on a little sheet. That means that we can look at what baby's heart rate is doing at the same time as when your body's having a contraction or a surge. So with continuous monitoring, I'm not going to go into the pros and cons of that in uh, this podcast episode. I might save that for another one. But one thing we do know is that for a lot of people, it will restrict their ability to move around. Now, that doesn't mean that it has to, and it doesn't mean that it always does. We do have wireless and waterproof monitors, which for a lot of people means that they can move around and they may still be able to be in the shower or the bath. However, again, these are not perfect. And any of the any of you that have had a CTG on will know that they're pretty annoying and they often sort of roll off because of where that lead sits or that um, strap sits around your belly. When you lean forward, sometimes it just rolls off a little bit. And so the midwife's there getting it to pick up again. Um, and so that can sometimes be quite distracting. And I've had people that I've worked with before who have told me that their midwife said, look, can you just lay in the bed? Cause we can't get a good reading when you're moving around. So that's when we see that that continuous monitoring can affect your ability to move around, or it might even just be subconsciously that you know that if you bend in a certain way or you lean forward in a certain way that that monitor is going to stop picking up um, and so you may sort of unconsciously change your behavior or change your movements so that that doesn't happen um, and that means that we're moving away from instinctive birth positions which is something I'll touch on later on. The other factor is that care providers may be more comfortable or more familiar with you laying flat on your back to, to birth or on the bed. I always say to people that we've got to remember that obstetricians are specialists in pregnancy complications. And that's really what a lot of their training is geared around. And when they do a lot of their training as a junior doctor and sort of move up the ranks or, or move up the levels, I guess, in becoming a specialist, they are often working in the public hospitals. 
And what often happens is that we, as midwives, often only call them to the births where we actually need them. That's that's usually how that system works. They're not usually at the births of all women that are birthing their baby in that hospital that day. And so what that means is that over the years, they are exposed to maybe more emergencies or what I would often say is they may just not be exposed to the really straightforward births where maybe women are standing in the shower and birthing their baby. Um, Or they might be having a water birth or they might be birthing in an all fours position on the floor. And like anything, which I'm sure you guys can all relate to with your job as well, what we see all the time and what we become used to is what we become familiar with as well. And so that may play a component as well in that for um, a lot of obstetricians and also for some midwives, the vast majority of births they, they would have seen would be women laying flat on their back on the bed. So they're naturally going to be more comfortable with this. And of course, this is not all obstetricians, not all midwives. Um, we have fantastic care providers across Australia who are really supportive of women birthing in an instinctive position and an upright position and really understand the reason and the benefits, but it's not always going to be the case. And then another factor that I think influences this is the use of epidurals. So often with an epidural, it does mean that a mum needs to be in the bed because she may not be able to move around as easily because of how an epidural works. It usually alters the sensation in the body from the waist downwards. And so that often means that we're not able to walk around or we're not able to be in the shower or in an upright position. And that is unfortunately one of the downfalls with an epidural that a lot of people aren't aware of is it then means we can't create as much of that space in the pelvis or as much instinctual movement. However, it doesn't mean that we just have to lay there in the bed and that's it. What I would really encourage you to try with an epidural is laying on your side and it depends on how the epidural is working and sometimes we do need people to lay a little bit more evenly so that the epidural can disperse and it can work evenly on both sides but you might want to say to your midwife hey you know I want to be as active as possible I want to create space in my pelvis what could we try and it might be laying on your side Some hospitals have what we call peanut balls or peanut pillows, which we can pop between your knees or between your ankles. And that can start to create some different diameters in the pelvis. And that can be really helpful. We can also play around with the bed. And for some women, they are actually able to move into an all fours position on the bed with an epidural. Now, unfortunately, this isn't always going to be the case. It depends on how how numb you are, essentially, how much movement you have, how much sensation you have. It may not be a safe option if you have a really dense block and, and your legs are really numb, but it might be something that you could say to your midwife, hey, do you think I could roll on all fours? Could we give that a go? Would that be an option? So that might be something you want to explore because then we can get a bit more of that space back in the pelvis. So uh, an epidural we do does restrict the ability to move around. And also something I want to point out around that is that the side lying position, so laying on your side, that position for birth has actually been shown to reduce the incidence of tearing compared to laying flat on our back. So that's really important for everybody to know about, especially if you're having an epidural, because it does mean that uh, we should hopefully be able to roll on your side for the birth and then that will decrease that chance of tearing, which is really important. I know tearing is a huge topic and it's something that I'll cover in another podcast episode because I know there can be so much fear and apprehension around that. But we do know that there are some things that may influence the incidence of tearing or the chance of it happening. There are some factors that are out of our control, absolutely, but there are some things that could influence that. And one of them is birthing in that sideline position or also in an all fours position has been shown to be beneficial for reducing the chance of tearing. 
So we've talked about the benefits. We've talked about why a lot of people end up birthing on their back. So what can we actually do to be proactive for our birth? So what I would suggest is to learn as much as you can around active birth positions. Also learn about things that may restrict your movement somewhat so that we can be proactive. We can request things like the wireless and the waterproof monitors, um, and you can understand some of the pros and cons of those things. If you are interested, my online hypnobirthing course and also my in-person courses in Adelaide cover this in depth. Um, and we talk about a lot about the benefits and how to actually put this into practice. The other thing that is really important is to try out some of these positions in pregnancy. If you try an all fours position on the ground or a squatting type position for the first time in labor, it may not feel that comfortable, or there's actually a chance that you won't even use it in labor because your body's just not familiar with it. And you'll also find out about some little quirks in your body that may need a little bit more support. So I know for me, um, I have issues with one of my knees and an ongoing injury. And so I find that yoga mat isn't enough padding. So for my birth, we're actually going to get a thicker mat, but you could use a pillow under your knees or something like that. Um, and I know that from trying that position out. You can also play around with different variables. So it doesn't have to just be an all fours position. You might be leaning forward over a fit ball. That can be really comfy. You might be kneeling on the ground, but leaning over the couch or in the hospital, we might have the hospital bed down quite low. So you can lean into that. So we can use those supports to help you to be more comfortable in these upright birth positions. I would also have a discussion with your care provider, with your midwife or your obstetrician, or put it in your birth plan around that you would like to be active in labor and for the birth, and you would like to choose the position of choice. You would like to move into the position that works best for your body and have a discussion with them, see what their perspective is on that. Um, if they say something like, um, you can move around in labor, but you have to be on the birth for the bed. Like I've said before, that to me is a little bit of a red flag as to how women-centered they might be and whether they are going to put your needs at the forefront on, on your birthing day. So I've done another episode on choosing a care provider that you guys can go and check out. Um, but yeah, having that discussion with them early, I think is a great idea. Putting it in your birth plan as well, really explaining that. And hopefully they'll say, yep, that's fine. You know, absolutely. I would encourage you to do that. And then you know that they're going to be supportive of that when the time comes. The other thing is to remember around instinctual positions. So often people say to me, what's the best position? What is the best position for me to labor in? What's the best position for me to birth in? And in some scenarios, we know that certain positions might be helpful. Like if a baby's in a posterior position, being in an all fours or a forward leaning position may be helpful. If a baby is lower in the pelvis at, at that sort of pelvic outlet or you're at the pushing stage of labor, being in a position where your knees are in closer and your calves are out. This is something that is getting a lot of traction on social media at the moment, which is really great. That may help to open up the bottom part of the pelvis. So um, we can look at that side of things as well. But what I think is the most important is to follow what your body is telling you, because you will get that feedback most of the time of what position works. And sometimes I've cared for women where they're in a particular position, but maybe they've got their legs stuck out to the side a little, or they've got their feet turned in or their knees in. And it might look a little bit strange, but that's probably the right position that they need to be in. Sometimes women will have their foot up on a bit of a ledge or a step or something that's an asymmetrical position. And that might be exactly what their body needs. So your body is pretty amazing at 
giving you that feedback and um, you'll move into positions that help to relieve that pressure and help to work with that space. And that's great. So just trust that what your body is telling you to do in the moment is probably perfect and, and is ideal. If you're not sure, you could always say to midwife, do you think there's a position that could be better? Um, or as a birth partner, you might ask that question. But I would often say to people, it is about that instinctual positioning and getting into a position that works for you. And that will probably change throughout labor as well. Uh, I rarely see people have the the one position that they stay in for their whole labor. Much more commonly, they'll be cycling through different positions depending on how low into the pelvis baby is, how they're feeling, um, and what stage of labor they are at. So I hope that's given you a little bit more insight into movement and active birth positions. I know for many of you, you would have heard that term active birth, but you might quite know, might not quite know what, what it means and what it entails. And the term active birth, it's a descriptive term and there's lots of different courses and some of them incorporate other things like the use of water or acupressure points or other distraction techniques for labor, which is fantastic as well. Um, but really we're talking about being in an upright position, being in a position that works for your body in labor. The last thing I want to say before we finish up is that for you, you may actually lay down in labor. That may be the position that works for you. You might have some rests or you might have a nap where you are laying down and that's okay. You know, if it's driven by your body, I think that's okay. But what I don't want is for you to feel like you have to be on the bed if that is not a comfortable position for you. As always, send me a message on Instagram if you have any questions or comments. My handle is Hannah Willsmore Midwife. And remember that my online hypnobirthing with Hannah course launch pricing ends on the 31st of March. So it ends tomorrow if you're listening to this on the Wednesday when this episode goes live. If you're listening to it later, you can still absolutely enroll in the course. It's just that the special launch pricing is ending on the 31st of March. So if you have been on the fence about the course, this is the perfect time to enroll and register. You have 12 months access to the course, so plenty of time to be able to work through it. And it can be really great preparation for learning about active birth and also so many of the other techniques that we go into for birth. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would be ever so grateful if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast player. See you next week.